You're listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast, where we discuss current events, social issues, religious trends, and noteworthy news from a biblical perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to the newest episode of the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Soker. This episode is being released on January 5th, 2022. And joining me again this week is Christopher Gardana, a good friend of mine who preaches out in West Texas. Christopher, welcome back to the show. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2023. And with the start of the new year, we tend to look ahead over the next 12 months to see what we can improve, how we might change, what goals we want to hit, and all of that sort of thing. And in the episode that was released last week, I talked about some of those or some potential areas of focus that I've been working on and as suggestions of what you may want to consider as well. But in this episode, what we're going to talk about is not so much from the positive um, ideas like we talked about, like the last episode was, we think about goals and resolutions, we think about possibilities and opportunities for all those things that are potentially good and how we can improve. But today what we're talking about are some challenges that we could be facing as Christians and as local churches in the new year and the situation that we're in right now. And the more we are aware of these potential challenges, the better we'll be able to to prepare for them and be able to face them in a way that would be pleasing to God and fulfilling the work that he wants us to do. So some or all of these things we're talking about today may apply to you and your congregation. And if so, I hope that at the end of the discussion, you'll be better prepared to face whatever this new year holds. So for some related materials to what we're going to discuss here today, you can check out the show notes for this episode at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 010523. Now for our discussion this week. We're going to be talking about challenges that are facing the church in the new year. And both of us had come up with a couple of ideas as far as what we see and what we're going to talk about. And the first one that that I thought of was as far as a challenge that we face in the world around us is that we are living in a hyper-polarized and politicized world. And it's gotten to the point that many people in the world cannot see past that. And anyone who doesn't line up with their side is the enemy. And everything has made into been has been made into a political issue. One example of this is the reason why this this came to mind. And Christopher, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but a few weeks ago I posted what I thought was just something funny on Facebook. It was a it was a screenshot of a tweet that I had that I saw on Twitter where someone was talking about, you know, you go to a restaurant and you place an order and you have the option to, you know, tip this percent or this percent or this percent, they were presenting this, the scenario that, well, here in 2024, that you have the option of tipping 75% or 95% or 125%, and you click the 75% and feel bad about yourself because you clicked the lowest option. I posted that, and what was funny was that someone commented on that post asking if that if that was an anti-worker or an anti-capitalism post. And huh. I responded, I said that, well, it's neither. I just thought it was funny. But wow. you have 
everyone makes things into something that's political and even things that you know we think are jokes that i didn't think that someone would take that sort of angle sure. on it but we are seeing everything through that lens right everything is through the lens of politics and whether it lines up with your ideology or not and if it doesn't then you see it as an attack on on what you believe and the people that you agree with sure now when we think about christians and our local churches that are in this world that you know we have this type of thing going on around us it presents a challenge to us because if we're not careful we could end up unnecessarily alienating the people that we are trying to reach with the gospel and this reminded me of the passage over in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 beginning in verse 19 where Paul said for though I am free from all men I've made myself a slave to all so that I may win more to the Jews I became as a Jew so that I might win Jews to those who are under the law as under the law though not being myself under the law so that I might win those who are under the law to those who are without law as without law though not being without the law of God but under the law of Christ so that I might win those who are without law to the weak I became weak that I might win the weak I have become all things to all men so that I myself might save some Paul mm -hmm. was making the point that he was going to do whatever he could to reach everyone around him regardless of whether they were Jews they were Gentiles he was going to do what he could to reach people around them around him now for us and for Paul as well does not mean we compromise our convictions we need to stand for the truth on things like abortion and racism and transgenderism even though those have been made into political issues we need to stand for the truth and stand for what the bible teaches on those things because they're moral issues not political issues because we are ultimately trying to reach people with the gospel we're going to make stands for what the truth is but if we're not careful we could get swept up in this and turn everything into a political issue and we could end up unnecessarily alienating others we can have our political opinions or, or opinions on political matters but we need to be careful that those opinions don't trump the gospel when we're trying to reach people with the truth so that was one challenge that i saw as far as the context that we're living in now with the with the world that we're interacting with sure um i remember a few years ago uh, preaching a lesson on morality and i alluded to the fact that at the time and this is you know a couple couple empty suits ago um and again, that was a political, I, I just politicized that too, didn't I? That might have offended somebody if I said empty suits, but I was talking about, you know, presidents that fill the office and pontificate and everything else. And, and I don't, I don't care whether they have an, an, you know, whether they're a donkey or an elephant or some other variation, they're, they're all, you know, anyway, <laughs> you see my politics is coming out right now. Uh, but I was preaching, I was actually preaching a lesson just on morality and how, we had someone in office who at one point was espousing the traditional view of marriage. And then as soon as they got into office, they had an enlightenment. And now they believe that those, you know, those other folks that were championing the cause of marriage for all. Now he, he was enlightened. And, and I never actually said any name in the pulpit. I wasn't actually, that wasn't really my point. 
and I got uh, lambasted after worship by a member who said if I ever spoke about, and he named the president by name, which I had never said, that he would never be there again. And I said, look, I did not preach. I'm not preaching politics. I said, but, you know, I can't allude to those who are promoting immorality. And I can I can point it out for what it is and show you what the Bible says about it. And certainly I need to be preaching the whole counsel of God. And every sermon shouldn't be, hey, guess what the guy in, in the White House said? You know, I'm, I'm not that's not my goal. But whenever it does touch on those things and it is a Bible subject, I certainly have a right and a responsibility to preach on it. And you may get offended, but you need to consider, again, this hyper politicization, uh, you know, whether you're letting the Bible define your opinions or whether you are allowing you know well my family's always voted fill in the blank you know three or four generations uh you know yellow dogs red dogs all kinds of dogs you know and you know well are you allowing that to color your thinking or are you allowing god's word to permeate you to the point where maybe you're disgusted by all of them <laughs> That's very possible, and I think I think there are a lot more people who are getting that way too. Sure, but but yeah, you're right that there are there are these issues that the Bible absolutely talks about and addresses that we need to address those, and it doesn't matter you know which political party is pushing you know one thing or another or not Unipartie. standing up for something. It's, it's it doesn't matter what the party is, yeah. and uh, but there's a danger that if we do make everything about the party or whatever it is that people just tune us out and sure. think that, well, you know, we're just on the other side and we don't want to be on one side or the other. We want to be on the Lord's side. Amen. Amen. And that's, that's what we need to be careful of. Yeah. I, one other thing about that too, is, is one of the, the angles you were pointing out very clearly is my goal is not to arbitrarily prematurely offend someone. My goal isn't to offend anyone, but but it doesn't matter what you say, someone's going to get offended, but I shouldn't be setting out to be abrasive, you know, to, to basically, sh they're going to shut their ears before they ever get to hear anything intelligent, hopefully coming out of my mouth, because I've, you know, maybe I've posted a meme or, you know, that's the, the, the day I remember when it used to be comics in the newspaper. Now it's memes. Everybody sends right. memes. I'm, I'm guilty, very guilty. And you know, but to the wrong person, you you may completely turn them off where they're never going to listen to you again because you have stepped on their pet idea or whatever. And, right. and our goal is to reach them. And I appreciate the verse there that I became to the weak. I became weak that I might win the weak. I become all things to all people that I might save some. So our goal is to look for a way in a gentle way to, you know, be a good example, be a light, a, a shining light and a beacon for truth and not not color their thinking prematurely by you know us saying something off color or you maybe just callous you know right yeah something that's that could be taken the wrong way that it's would unnecessarily alienate someone that's because it doesn't matter how someone votes someone could vote for one party the other party they both need the gospel Sure, and uh, so we don't want to to stand in the way of that because we're pushing you know politics in a you know way that's not helpful, and that would include social media. Gospel. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you go ahead with uh, with the first point that you had? 
Oh, let me pull it up here. So I guess this kind of segues with that idea, the hyper politicization, let me try again, the hyper politicization of the church and 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 seeing this hyper polarized there, that was easier to say hyper polarized, I should have <laughs> said that. Uh, I think sometimes we we fail to recognize that we should be setting a good example, not only for those in our congregation, but but to those in the world. And this includes our social media. And, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, somebody coined the phrase, let's go, Brandon. And you had a lot of people who wouldn't say the other phrase, which is what it really meant, which we won't say because anyone who has been paying attention knows. But they did feel comfortable saying, let's say, let's go, Brandon, or any variation of that. And I thought even that was not appropriate because, again, what are you really saying? You're you're saying, well, I'm going to say the the other version that doesn't use profanity, but I'm still going to get the point across. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, we should be trying to set a good example uh, in the world. And, you know, Peter said it this way in First Peter chapter two and verse 12. Uh, and I'll, this is the ESV says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. I remember in grade school, uh, of course, you know, you in public school, you you're around all kinds of kids and and they all have different colorful language. And I never used profanity and I'm not bragging. I'm sure I'm, I did make mistakes here and there every now and then. But I do remember one time in eighth grade. Uh, I don't know what came over me, but I just thought a certain I don't even remember what word I used. It wasn't one of the bad ones. No, they're all bad. But <laughs> but long story short, I used some profane, some profanity, some curse word. And all my friends, they looked over at me and they said, Christopher, you don't use bad language. Oh, man, you should believe the shame I felt inside. Because here I had been an example, whether I realized it or not. And then when they saw that one thing, boy, they could have used it all day long and no one would have batted an eye. But as soon as I did, man, they just they cranked their neck around and looked at me and said, Christopher. And I thought, oops. Yeah, people you know? notice and whether we realize it or not. They, they do. And, and so we need to keep our behavior excellent because they're watching. They might not say anything, but it's all it's going to take is one moment of emotion. One one, you know, and there's a lot of this, you know, hyper, you know, polarizing politics going on that really gets people heated up. I. I, I remember other stories where I brought up one little thing and I realized very quickly I should have kept my opinion to myself because they went off. They just got really mad. And I thought, wow, the emotions are right there on the surface. And again, trying to set an example, uh, and this includes our social media and on Facebook, Twitter, whatever your platforms you're using. You know, are you thinking before you post or repost or any of those kinds of things? Or or did it just seem, you know, like the right thing at that moment? You click, click, and it's there. Now, what have you done? Now, you're basically espousing those things. I remember when MySpace first came to be a thing and then Facebook and people were, uh, and they still do it, I guess. They will go to a page for a show or a program or a TV series and they'll click like. And so they have all these little badges on their homepage. And I remember Christians that I knew, I thought I knew really well, that were basically clicking like to some really degenerate stuff. And they were putting it on their Facebook pages. This is, you know, basically I'm my vote of approval. I love this, this series. I love this program. I love this uh, TV personality in Hollywood who promotes all kinds of wickedness. 
And, you know, and I thought, wow, what are we showing the world by our example? What are we promoting? Right. The one thing I thought of when, um, when we think about social media is that I think there's a temptation for Christians to get a little bit lax in how they use it. Like you were saying, like not being careful what they say or what they post or what they like and things like that. And I think there's a temptation to think that, well, you know, it's just social media. It's not real life. You are interacting with real people. So, I mean, there, sure. there is a difference between social media and in-person interactions. There, there's Absolutely. definitely a difference between, between those two things. And, but you are interacting with real people. So whatever we're doing, if we wouldn't say those things or promote those things or whatever it might be in, you know, a face-to-face -face interaction, then, you know, that's not something that's appropriate there either. So right. we need to, whatever rules apply to communication and to, you know, as you were saying, our example, those sure. are going to apply to social media just as much as they would any other time. You know, modesty is another one of those. Mm -hmm. You know, would yeah. you wear that bathing suit in front of your brethren, but then you'll post it online. Right. Just, just a thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely another, another thing to think about as well. What, whatever we're is pictures or image, you know, or language or whatever it might be, we are sending a message with what we post and we need to be careful with, with what we're presenting and what we're portraying in that. Mm -hmm. The next point that I thought of as far as challenges that, that we're facing this kind of gets more into the local congregation um, in that context. But one of the things that I've that I've noticed is this idea of thinking that our obligation to one another, to our brethren in the local church, is confined to the church building. Now, here's what I mean by this, because I want to make sure I explain this properly, that this is about Christians thinking that if they see their brethren during their regular assemblies, but that's the only time they see them, then that's all that they need from their brethren, and that's all that their brethren need from them. Now, a couple of cave uh, caveats I want to make here as I'm, you know, explaining this. I'm not trying to minimize the importance of the assembly. The assembly is critical. that We have to gather together and assemble for worship and, and other other things like that that we get together for. And I also recognize that there are some who deal with health issues or problems with age and things like that sure. who are just doing everything they can just to assemble. And so I don't want to, to come across as if I'm criticizing people in those positions. But my point is that our relationship with our brethren needs to be more than just seeing them in the church building whenever the doors are open. Sure. Because it's very easy for this to become the extent to you know, that's all our interactions that we have with our brethren. And this could be due to, you know, we just are busy and we have all these things going on. It could be in maybe for some lingering effects of the pandemic or other things that are happening like that. But we're told it's, there's an emphasis in the scriptures in the new Testament about the need for us to receive encouragement and give encouragement to our brethren. Hebrews chapter three, verses 12 and 13 says, take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. 
that th that's talking about regular, consistent interactions with our brethren. You know, we you mentioned in the last point, social media, that could be a way that we can interact with one another. But again, that doesn't replace you sure. know, in person uh, interactions and meeting with people. The early church, we see that the brethren were meeting together, Acts 2.46, meeting together from house to house. So sure. with the challenges that we are facing today and the temptation for not just for you know religious groups, but everything to just be moved online, and that's the extent of isolated. Our, you know. Right. We're yeah. isolated from others, but we feel like or we try to act like we're not because you know we're still friends on Facebook or whatever sure. it might be. We need encouragement from our brethren. We get this in the assembly, and so the assembly is still just as important as it's always been. But if that's the only place that we're getting it, then we may need something more than just that. We need to be with one another, especially in the context of the local church. We need to be with our brethren and receiving encouragement from them more often than just that. Sure. And and it doesn't say be right there in their house every single day, but it says exhort one another every day. So, you know, I think I think you're on to something there about some of the problems we're having in the church and something I've seen, you know, in, in different congregations where there are those, you know, they're nice, they're friendly, they're cordial, uh, but they keep you at arm's length. And they feel like their obligation is to see you on Sunday and otherwise stay stay at arm's length and you know I'm, i remember a brother telling me how many times he'd try to go visit a certain family and uh you know if someone comes over to my house especially if i know them i'm going to invite them in the house might not be clean but you know it is what it is right but he he was expressing how this one family uh every time he came by uh they would come outside and kind of pull the door behind them and they'd stand there in the front and kind of find out what they were there for, kind of in an inquisitorial, oh, why are you here? You know, real friendly. But they never, ever in the, I don't know how many years it was, they never got invited in. And there could have been some benign reason. I don't know. But it was just that there was this distance that was artificially there that was never going to not be there. Right. And so there was never going to be the encouragement that either one of them could have had from having a better relationship. And so I think this is a really good one to consider that we do need to consider each other more than just on Sunday. Oh, why isn't so and so in their pew? You know, why isn't the song leader here today? Or, you know, I think there's some that can fall through the cracks. Yeah. Hey, I think that's the case. And and if if we are if the interactions that we have with our brethren are only there in the church building, you know, we th sometimes think about the exercising church discipline and, you know, withdrawing from someone. Sure. But if that's the only time that we ever see them and they kind of drift off, you know, and that's, and, well, and maybe the, the only time we've ever gone by their house is to deliver them some letter from the congregation right. they're withdrawn yeah. from. And they're like, well, you've never bothered to come to my house in 20 years or 50, whatever length of time. Right. And you're only, you only decided now to find out where I live to only to tell me that you're quote withdrawing from me. Right. There's yeah. another subject we can get into. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's another, another way that this is manifests itself, but mm -hmm. you know, that would be a lot more effective. And yeah, we could go down a whole whole other trail with this, but <laughs> that would be a lot more effective if you had these relationships where someone was, they saw that they're actually losing something. It's not just 
because they're still welcome in the church building. If sure. someone oh, yeah. is, is you know, a wayward brother, we want them in the assembly. So we're not withdrawing from them. It's not kicking them out of, you know, from or barring them from the door. Our we goal want is to there. want them to come back and want to be active, you know. Right. Yeah. But if they don't have that relationship with their brethren, then it's it's difficult to try to win them back with, you know, with those efforts. Well, and it's harder to tell if when they're starting to drift off too, if we're, if we're only ever seeing them maybe on Sunday or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and so we don't know what's going on in their life. They don't know what's going on in our life. Right. But, you know, again, it takes two. That's the other part. So sometimes we beat ourselves up and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't try harder because we do need to. So certainly this year, I, I believe we should really look at it and see what we can do and examine ourselves. But, you know, it, at the end of the day, it does require both parties wanting to be involved. And there's some people that, you know, you're just not gonna, they're, 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 they're on, they're an Island, you know? Right. Yeah, that's true. It's, it takes, it takes effort from both sides, but we, mm -hmm. you know, I think as we look at ourselves, you know, we, we need to try to make the effort and and do what we can. I just want to be able to answer to God and, and him say, well, I know that you tried. Right. <laughs> yeah. What's the, uh, go ahead and take us in the last point. And, so, yeah, the, the this kind of goes and kind of jumps off of that one. Uh, you, you mentioned something about how we need to consider that our obligations to one another in the local church is, is confined to just the church building. Well, I think a lot of people think that's where the Bible study is confined to also. And they are content to hear a sermon on Sunday Maybe maybe they are there for both services and a Wednesday night Bible study or something like that, um, and they think that that's that's good. We we're we're evangelizing. Well, I think we need to consider that in 2023, those who are lost, and that went with my first point about being a good example, and therefore, hopefully, we can recognize there's more to it than just you know going to church on Sunday and midweek Bible study. But we need to be looking for opportunities to have Bible studies and uh, reaching the lost, not just building up those who, you know, are already striving to serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely a, an important point that that it's it, we can, you know, going to the last point, you know, we can, you know, we want to emphasize what we're doing together and encouraging one another and all of that. And as we come together in the local church and those assemblies and Bible studies, those are important. but as far as how we're going to reach others, we do need to make an effort to do that, and uh, it's not just going to to happen by accident. So, uh, so yeah, this you know when we think about you know how we can do that, we can come up with all sorts of programs and all sorts of, of plans, or you know we're going to have a gospel meeting or all sorts of different things. But ultimately, it comes down to each one of us. You know, in First Peter three fifteen tells us that you be ready to give an answer. Mm -hmm. uh, that's for all of us. And, it it the, and it says it's to those who ask. So it, right. not everyone's going to be a candidate for teaching at that moment. They they may be hard hearted. They might have lots of other ideas. There's there's a, a gentleman I work with, and uh, he's got some really interesting ideas. They have absolutely nothing to do with Bible, but he's got some real. You know, so I at this point when I try to talk to him because he's brought up stuff, he says, Oh, I've already transcended the Bible. You know, he's got, he's, he's on another plane, you know, another whole set of knowledge or something. I don't know, but you know, so he's not really a good candidate for having a Bible study because he's already rejected it. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, to those who have a question, we should be ready with an answer. You're absolutely right. 
Right. Yeah. That's something for each of us. And, you know, whether it's answering those questions or trying to generate conversations that could lead to those, because we don't always know um, who's going to be receptive at first. Sure. It's, you know, the parable of the sower, he just sowed the seed on mm-hmm. wherever he could, wherever it would land. And some soil was receptive and some wasn't. And just like some hearts are going to be accepting of it or open to it at least. Mm-hmm. And then some aren't, we won't know until we actually try to try to share those things. One, one other thing too, is uh, I saw, again, I saw a meme the other day and it was, a, it looked like it was Jesus with a bunch of his disciples. And, and he says, uh, help your neighbor and take care of the poor and the hungry. And then someone says, you mean give the money to the Romans and let them do it, right? And he says, okay, I'm going to start over. Let me know where I lost you. And he, he's going to say it again, and, you know, because he's saying you need to do this, right? And it was, it was interesting joke, but I think there are a lot of Christians that also have this notion that, well, the elders or the deacons or the preacher or that guy that, you know, does a really good job on the Wednesday night Bible study, they're out there and I put my money in the plate and I'm supporting preachers in Puerto Rico, wherever I'm going, you know, and so I've done my part and I would encourage us to endeavor to each of us be ready to give an answer and look for opportunities. Uh, one lady that I, I love dearly that's passed, she was in her 90s. Uh, down in South Florida, um, she didn't get to interact with very, very many people because she was shut in, but she had someone that would take her to the pharmacy. And the lady that was behind the counter, the, the pharmacist was filling her prescription every week and she interacted with her. And at some point she had convinced that young lady that was a pharmacist to not only come and pick her up and take her to Bible study, but she bought her a Bible and put her name on it. And she was having Bible studies with this young woman that was probably only in her early 20s. And here's this woman in her 90s, you know, and has perfectly good reason to not have the time or the energy or the health to have a Bible study. And she was focused on those that she interacted with. And I just that's always stood out to me like who if she didn't have an excuse, what excuse do I have? How many people do I interact with, you know, on a daily basis or on a weekly basis? And I've never to my condemnation thought, hmm, I need to ask them. I need to talk to them. I need to approach them because they see me every week and I see them every week. And maybe in 2023, that's what we need to do. Yeah, that's that example there is definitely one that to challenge us and and kind of motivate us to make sure that we're doing what we can do. That's that's for each one of us. You know, whoever we are in the Lord's church, we're we have that responsibility and we can all we can all do that in some way. Right. And, and the thing is, is the people that she interacted with, I'd never met that woman. I don't, I don't right. get prescriptions. I don't, I don't need medication. She was the only one in the Lord's church in that place that had contact with her and she was making use of it. The preacher, he's only going to interact with so many people, the elders, whoever you, me, we interact with different folks. Um, those are unique opportunities for you if you're ready and you're willing. Right. Excellent points. Appreciate that. So these are some challenges that the two of us, as we've kind of brainstormed this, we've seen these as challenges that are affecting the Lord's Church in the new year. Not that necessarily these are anything new, but but both of us, we kind of think that these are some things we need to be aware of, and we wanted to discuss those and share those with, with all of you here today. And maybe you're listening to this and you think of something else that we didn't talk about, that you see as a challenge or some issue that there that we're going to be facing this year 
let me know what that is. You can send me an email to andy at plainbibleteaching.com, and maybe that would be something that we cover in a future episode. Yeah, this was not an exhaustive list. Right, definitely not. Uh, Christopher, do you have anything you wanted to add before we close today? No, no more interruptions. No, I appreciate it. And uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, Happy New Year. And uh, appreciate everyone listening. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I hope you found this to be interesting, informative, and helpful. For links to some related materials that I'll include in the show notes, you can find those at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 010523. If you have a moment to rate and review the podcast or share it with others that you think would benefit from it, that's always appreciated. And if you're listening to this, remember that we are also uploading video versions to the uh, Plain Bible Teaching YouTube channel. So if you prefer the video to the audio, then that's available to you. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel so you can see other videos as they are released as well. And if you see a news story or have some topic that you think would make for a good discussion, again, you can email that to me at andy at plainbibleteaching.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. Also, be sure to sign up for the Plain Bible Teaching Weekly Newsletter. This free newsletter will be delivered to your inbox each Friday with articles, podcasts, videos, sermon outlines, and more. Visit plainbibleteaching.com to subscribe today.